a lot of them are here tonight and I appreciate them and appreciate their support and I give honor to my wife these types of meetings can be very taxing on her and she's always right there I appreciate her her spirit I appreciate our leaders I said I appreciate our leaders Hallelujah. I give honor to all of the ministry that's in the house tonight. And, uh, I believe that it wouldn't hurt to be said again. I think this youth committee has done a fantastic job. Fantastic job. Luke chapter number four. Verse number one, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, somebody say full, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil taketh and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. And thou therefore will worship me. All shall be thine. And notice his response. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only. Let me just pause here. I understand this is a youth congress, but there's a lot of good pastors and there's a lot of good saints here tonight. And I feel like killing this peak conference from the floor all the way to the balcony. The Holy Ghost is going to help us put some things behind us tonight forever. I'm not talking about any, a little emotional victory. I'm not talking about something we leave here shouting about and then it's intensified ten times greater next week. I'm talking about dominion. God's going to deliver us of some things. God's going to get the devil off some people's back before we leave here. Come on, young people. God's going to get the devil Now, here's what I want you to catch. Verse number one says, And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, full of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Verse number 12 says, And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Now this is the verse that i got to be real careful because... This really excites me. This, this is where I want us to get tonight. Verse number 1 says, He entered the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 14 says, That He returned in the power of the Spirit. Now I'm just going to go ahead and set it up for you. Some of us came here with the Holy Ghost. But we've been in a wilderness. We've been in the battle of our life. The devil's lied to us. The devil's tried to trample us. But before God gets through here tonight, we're going to walk out of here in the power of the Spirit. 
talking about, preacher. I'm talking about something's going to get on our kids tonight, and they're going to walk back in their high schools and apostolic revival. It's going to break out like wildfire. can't speak for anybody else, but I think it's a clear sign by all the jumping jacks here tonight. That's one thing to be full of the Holy Ghost, but I want to walk in the power of the Spirit. If that's your wish for the next 30 seconds, would you put your hands together one more time and give God high praise. I feel something starting to boil up. Hey, I feel something starting to rise in this house. Come on, 15 more seconds. Show him how bad you want it. Show him how bad you want it. moments on the subject, the point of release. The point of release. I had my prayer blanket pulled over my head about two months ago. Wind blowing. Spiritual winds blowing. I refuse to move. I refuse to budge. And I got out from under that blanket and I picked me up a pen. And I started writing as fast as I could write. And I want some people to understand tonight before you leave this building that the stands that you've taken and the decisions that you've chose to stand next to. Come on. I You may come in, you may have staggered into this meeting. You may got bruises and holes all in you, but you better hear this preacher right now. It's not gone unnoticed. God, God will bless those that are faithful. As you're seated, clap your hands. Clap your hands as you're seated all over the house.
kind of attaching on to where we began last night. Not only is this generation a generation that is demanding knowledge and answers, but more than even my generation, this is a generation that is seeking more. They are looking for more. They are in pursuit of more. On the carnal, on the carnal scale of things, it's more knowledge. It's more capabilities. We started just uh, a few years ago with the capabilities of very little storage and now you can hold something in your hand with literally 80 gigs of information that will fit in the palm of your hand. All stemming from what men say is the demand of this generation for more. There is a stirring in this generation. There is a curiosity in this generation. This generation is frantically searching for something. They are frantically pulling from every direction trying to find what is real in this life. But my point that I want to begin here with tonight, I wonder what would happen in our cities in the next six months. I wonder what would explode in our churches in the next three months if some way we could direct that spirit towards spiritual things. I wonder what would happen in this Friday night if some way we could shift that curiosity, if we could shift that desire for knowledge, if we could shift I wonder what would happen if uh, the character of this generation that many times demands more. It's all about me. It's all about my comfort. It's all about my comfort. It's all about what it can do for me. How can it benefit me? How can it better me? I wonder what would happen in this conference tonight if some way that could be directed spiritually. If some way we could hone that in on Book of Acts Revival. I wonder what would ignite in this building if some young people would turn that curiosity in the direction that says, I want to know, do people really get up out of wheelchair? Young people, I stand in this pulpit and I challenge you tonight. Don't just take somebody else's word for it. I want you to dance out of this building. Bury yourself up in a prayer room when you get home and say, God, we're going to pray and we're going to worship you till the blinded eyes are open, till the lame walk. home. We need young people that say, I want more. I want more. I'm thankful for what I've got. I'm thankful for what I know. I'm thankful for what I've been privileged to experience. But I want more of God. I want more miracles. I want to see more healings. I want to see more people receive the Holy Ghost. Let me just stop and tell you, God is no respecter of person. Whether there's 15 in your youth group or whether there's 115, you serve the same God. And I want you to leave this meeting looking for miracles. I want you to leave this meeting looking for revival. I want you to leave... I'm thankful for the stories of old. I'm thankful for our heritage. But what I'm trying to 
this congregation tonight is that unsatisfaction in some young person's spirit about mama's stories. Oh, you going to help me preach tonight? I'm looking for that youth group tonight. That's got something stirred up inside of you that says, I like to hear the stories. They're good, they're great, they're inspiring, but I want my own stories. I want my own stories. stir you up. You can go home and have a hundred soul revival. You can go home and pray people through in the mall. You can go home and lay your head on the sick and the sick will recover. If you want it, if you really want it, if you want it, if you really want it, give him praise. Give him high praise. Come on, you gotta want it back. You gotta want it worse than that. I said, You gotta want it worse than that. There's gotta be something that said, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm not gonna quit knocking at the door. I'm not gonna quit dancing. Let the boat 
rock in the end. You're going to have revival. Well, you don't know my area. You don't know the wall I'm up against. You don't know the city I'm trying to pastor in. You know what I've done the last 15 years. No, I don't know what you've done the last 15 years. But I see seeds that you've planted for the last 15 years beginning to sprout up out. full of the Holy Ghost but we're going to leave this meeting in the power of the Spirit Come here, Elder Coon, with a sad story. But it's been told to me that many of us that are represented here tonight have made decisions that's going to ruin our destiny. I, I don't want your sympathy. I, I just got to tell you this to set this up. I've had guys actually have the audacity to tell me. Because I have chosen to stand next to decisions I made a long time ago. I'm not changing. I haven't changed. They say, well, you've gotten the ditch. I've always been in the middle of the road. If I'm in the ditch, it's because they moved the road. You're not, you, you, can't, you can't do that and have revival. Come on, you, you six guy, you, you can't branch off and, and you, you can't take a stand against this stuff and have revival. You're causing division. Come on, it's Friday night. We might as well just get it all out on the table. You're causing division. You're causing all kinds of confusion. You can't do that and have revival. I got news for you. Here's the thing. We think that Jesus Christ, that the entire thing that molded his ministry was the miraculous. I got news for you. I don't believe that the miraculous is what molded his ministry. I believe the miraculous was an offspring or an offshoot of Jesus and his ability to refuse to do business with the devil. I'm going to preach this tonight whether you like it or not, honey. sick and tired of just being full of the Holy Ghost. I want to operate in the power of the Spirit. And if we're going to operate in the power of the Spirit, we got to take some stands. 
Where are the true apostolics? I can't hear you. Where are the true apostolics? Someone that's supposedly very influential gave me a phone call a couple of months ago, and Brother Voss, you wouldn't believe what he told me. He said, Marks, if you all run with them WPFers and you get yourself a card and let us knock the rough edges off of you, said, We'll preach you at everything that we open up. He said, Because you can't have revival taking the stand you're taking. You can't have the revivals that you've had taking the stands. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what's floating out there. I'm just telling you what's floating out there. There's this junk floating out there that in order to fill our, fill our sanctuaries up, that we gotta dilute our message. Holiness is not relevant anymore. We really shouldn't make an issue about where salvation begins anymore. If we're going to have miracles, this is what is floating out there. If we're going to have miracles, if we're going to have growth, we got to loosen up. i got news for you. Jesus did more miracles than anybody in shoe leather, and he wasn't loose. multiple hundred soul revivals I've had 200 soul revivals and I've had 300 soul revivals but I got news for you ah, there's some things we got to say yes about but I've got news for you revival is not coming at any cost revival's going to come when somebody plants their feet in the sand and squares their shoulders and draws a line in the sand and says no We've lost the ability to say no. We have forgotten the power. I close the mouth. Into the organ. Are you getting, am I driving? The point of miraculous release is when we stand and say, you've pushed me the last time. you pushed me the last time. Refusal. Jesus stood up to him three times. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. No man shall see God without holiness. It is written without holiness. No man shall see God. It is written. Come ye out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. It is written. How can the light and darkness have come? Brother Booker, somebody get Brother Booker a microphone. Pick, pick my Bible up right there off that stand. Look at this. Where do we read from? I need a reader. Give me a microphone. I need a reader. Where, were we, where was our text at? Luke 4. Luke 4. Be careful, guys. There's some, there's some powerful stuff in that Bible. You might drop it out of there. Be careful. <laughs> Y'all probably couldn't read it anyways. Hallelujah. Sister Wilson, I write all of my sermons in codes. Ain't nobody can steal it. Hallelujah. Jesus refuses to do business with hell. And the Bible says he walks out of there not full of the Holy Ghost, 
but in the power of the Spirit. Now watch, watch. I'm going to show you something cool. Go on down there and read a little ways past that. Past 14. Past 14. Read a little bit. Turn him up. And he taught in their synagogues. Read. Being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Listen, listen, listen. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Read, reader. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath stopped. Say anointing, but you can't get it unless you take a stand. Read, reader. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive. Your message won't heal the brokenhearted if you hadn't taken a stand. Read. The recovering of the sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Read, read, to read. preach the acceptable read, year read, of the Lord. And he closed the book. Come on, a little bit more. I got something good here. And he read. gave again to the minister and sat down in the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Read, read. And they all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country. Read. But I tell you of a truth, Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. I said, read. But unto none of them was Elias said, save unto the Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, but the prophet, but none of them was clean, saving Naaman the Syrian. Skip down there where the devil shows up. And he came down to Capernaum in a city of Galilee. Listen to this. And folks. taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Power! And in the synagogue there was a man. Listen. Which had a spirit of an unclean devil. He had a devil. And cried out with a loud voice. Listen to what the devil says now. Saying, Let us alone. What have we to do? Wait, with wait, thee? wait. We, what did he say? Let us alone! No. One more time. Let us alone! Now, this is the same cat that in the beginning of the chapter was trying to pick a fight. This is the same guy that wanted to fight. But now he's saying, Let us alone! You want to run the devil out of your town? You want to run the devil out of your town? You want to run the devil out of your town? I know what he said. I know he stood in defiance, but if you could hear him right now in the spirit, just turn me loose. Just turn me loose. Just let me go. Just let me out of here. Come on, young people. Let's smoke him out tonight. Let's smoke him out. Let's drive him out. Let's, yes, yes, let's drive him out. Taking our stands. You taking our stands. And the devil will say, uh-uh. I ain't messing with him. Ooh, buddy. 
Submit yourselves to God. You know, you know why? If you resist him enough, then eventually he won't mess with you anymore. Because every time you resist him, Puffy, at biceps, you build on that bicep. Every time you say no. Every time you say no. And you say no long enough. And the devil's going to look at your spiritual position and say, oh, I don't want none of that. Leave me alone. I'm out of here. I'm done, I'm done with you. like you're preaching Brother Calhoun for the marks in this meeting. We're trying to strengthen. The Bible says if you resist the devil. Here's how I close. I want everybody in this building to listen to me. I'm telling you something, I, I hear it in the distance. Something's fitting the world in this place. Something's coming to this house that's going to hit some of you and you ain't going to make it to the altar. You're fixing to go cross. Just boom, cross that pew in the floor. There's something fixing to hit this house. I feel it. I hear it. It's coming. It's been a long time coming. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're at. I'd been a place. I'd been to a place we had great revival. We'd had some of them services like you had where we left and we said, we broke it tonight. We, we broke that dude tonight. We'd leave and I'm talking about we'd shout all the way to the car. We'd go eat about it, talk about it. And I'd leave that church on a high with a high hand. And I'd go six back six months later where Coon, I'd drive in that city. I wouldn't even have to get to church. I could feel that sucker locked up. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'll get honest with you. It got frustrating. I said, God, if you think you're going to, if you think if I, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life, come in here and link on to the pastor, his wife, and the church. And stomps up in the ground and then it grows and comes back stronger than ever before. I, I'm not interested in that. Either either we're people of the name or we're not. I said, I, I'm done. I'm done. I ain't doing it. I ain't giving myself. I ain't getting up there looking like a maniac and a fool and screaming and hollering, climbing pews and no, not not no, just not gonna do it. You're gonna have to talk to me. What's going on? And so help me, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, and here's what he said. He said, "Here's the reason for that." He said, "The reason for that is my people are satisfied with the emotions of victory." when I want to give them deliverance. And I'm in the process of still working all this out. But I found several times in the scriptures where there was victory given and later on somebody had to deal with it. But then I find other places in the scripture where they were delivered of things. And they never toiled with it again. I believe, I believe that God wants to tear some things down tonight forever. Not saying there's not going to be another fight. 
Not saying there's not going to be another devil, but I got news for you. Some of you have fought some of the same stuff long enough, and I believe God wants to bring Satan's kingdoms down in this service tonight. God chose him a king, Brother Odom. He wasn't the strongest. He wasn't the smartest. He wasn't the best known. He wasn't the nicest looking. But when he chose a king, Bishop, he found somebody that had kept I'm going to set some people up I'm going to set some churches up I'm going to set some cities up ain't got nothing to do with a name or an agenda or their blood Or the size of their church. I'm going to East Texas. I'm going to East Oregon. And I'm going to find me a Jesse Parker. In the obscurity. Of what seems like nowhere. That has kept. Brother Marks, I'm preaching. Nobody was looking. Nobody was looking when the line came. Nobody was there when the bear came. Uh, it's just one lamb. There was just that tenacity that said. Not today. Not my sheep. Not my convictions. Not my standards. Not this gospel. I want America to wake up and realize this isn't our gospel. This is his gospel. This was the gospel he gave to the apostle Peter. And there's some of you, there's some of you that you've suffered incredible loneliness. And there's some of you that's just settled and, and it's, it's got a hold of your church. It's just settled. Well, we're just going to keep a solid 80. And... But God's saying, no, I'm fixing to raise me up somebody. I'm fixing to raise up somebody. I'm fixing to raise up somebody. And God's began to raise us up. And our brethren are looking at Him. They can't figure it out. Why is His church growing? Nathan Holmes, we're glad to have you in this meeting. We're glad to have. We want the people from Little Rock to know that we're thankful that they're in this meeting with us. Do you think that kind of revival is just for Little Rock? You think when you drive by there and you see that edifice, that that's just for the homes? That the homes is in Little Rock's got a corner on God? You know, you want to know what the. I've been there. I preached there. As a testimony that screams from right there off the highway of somebody that regardless of what anybody else was doing, Acts 2.38, one God. Brother Schweitzer, 
It's like sometimes we, we seem so unnoticed. We're overlooked. Oh, no. God knows. He's seen when the lion came. He's seen when the bear came. Nobody else knew when you took a stand. Why take a stand, David? Because if I let him have that when his belly starts growling next time, he's going to remember. I can go back there and get something else without a fight. The man after God's own heart. Brother Booker, you preach it very capably, but the man that because of him, hundreds of years later, people receiving mercy, it all started way back there in obscurity and loneliness when nobody knew his name. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew where his church was at. Nobody had ever heard him preach, but he took a stand. He took a stand. He took a stand. took a stand and God marks people who refuses to do business hell get on your feet all over this house it's fixing to blow in here we done this we started this off we started this conference off like this but this is how we're going to close it here's what I want you to do I've done this all over the country if I come to the church you're going to hear me do it again God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. I don't know why He uses this, but this is what we're going to do. And this is how it's going to break. How many want, how many want to walk in the power of the Spirit? Come on, just how many want miracles to break out in your community and your church? Just wave your hand. Wave your hands at me. Here's what I want you to do. As much as you're capable of doing, I want you to show God, I want you to show the devil, I want you to show the world how much you want that. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I want you to show God, I want you to show hell, I want you to show the world how bad you want it. By the volume, the desperation of your voice, your cry, I'm talking somebody needs to just lose it tonight. You, all that frustration welled up. Wait, wait. All that frustration, all that confusion, all that trouble and turmoil you brought to this conference. Young person, all that stuff that's going on in your family that's got you spinning sideways and you don't even have your equilibrium back yet. All that stuff you got stored up and coked up in you. When I get to three... I'm telling you, get ready. If you want it just a little bit, you scream just a little bit. If you want it just a little bit, you holler for five seconds. But if you want it worse than you want your next breath, I want you to give yourself to God like you've never given yourself to God. Are you ready right now? One, two, three, go!
something you ain't done in a while. I said you need to do something you ain't done in a while. You're gonna praise him when you realize that 